Welcome to the Penny and Pops podcast. He's Spencer Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. Preseason's here. We we made it. You know, media day and training camp are behind us. I didn't really want to talk much about that because at the end of the day, it's mostly just talking. Like you're trying to get through training camp without any injuries, which miraculously it looks like the Magic have done that. So that's that's awesome. And I mean, you just want to see your guys meshing and bonding and liking each other as much as possible. And that seems to be happening as well. So now you just got to put it all together on the court. We've got four Orlando Magic preseason games now coming up before the 2023-2024 regular season begins. Let's go. Hardaway, straight down the lane, the power jack. Point guard on the 7-6 guy. Here's Lewis turning and he shoots. Yes! With Here's Turkaloo for the win. All right, here we go. So uh, we made it. We're in preseason, Penny. We're recording this Monday, early evening, October 9th. It's been a week after media day. So we've got a whole lot of practices under our belt. Supposedly the whole roster is still healthy. I I haven't seen anything to say differently, but uh, yeah, the whole roster is healthy. And the Magic are if not already in New Orleans, about to arrive in New Orleans uh, for the first of their four preseason games. I just want to talk Magic roster and partic- just the 15 guys as we head into preseason. Uh, you know, I don't want to talk about the two-way guys or the or the, or the the Exhibit 10 training camp invite guys that most likely end- may- will end up in Osceola. Like, we've got these four preseason games coming up beginning tomorrow, Tuesday night in New Orleans. Then Thursday, October 12th in Cleveland. And then next week, we have our two home games, Tuesday, October 17th against the Pelicans again. And then Friday, October 20th, home again against the uh, Brazilian side Flamengo. Um, what's your viewpoint viewpoint on on the games and the layout of the games? Like, I, I don't think it's an ideal way to utilize our little exhibition time that we have. Like, Flamingo, we're not going to learn much from. Like, we're going to learn very little about um, – and I guess that's the game where you're hoping then your third stringers and your rookies play a ton. It's not going to be your dress up, you know, you know, your your all dressed game. Basically, it's not going to be your uh, your practice for the big show, uh, October 25th, when we host the Houston Rockets at home to to begin the season. But um, and then I also don't like how we're playing a team twice. I know we've done it in years past with like the Spurs and stuff. I I don't like playing a team twice unless both Jamal Mosley and Willie Green like agreed experiment a ton. Like that's the only way that's going to work is if both sides just experiment. Uh, What's your viewpoint on the exhibition format this season, Penny? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's probably longer ago than we thought, but it used to be very much location based for preseason. So you'd get basically like Atlanta. Miami, I guess New Orleans sometimes, but um, I don't like that we're going to Cleveland. Uh, you know, just unnecessary. <laughs> Seems like unnecessary travel. 
Um, and again, to your point, any non-MBA competition probably doesn't uh, do a ton for you. I mean, you're working on your own concepts and stuff, but you're not getting a full, uh, I guess, a full test to kind of end preseason that way. But at the end of the day, I think it does come down to what they're trying to accomplish during the preseason. Obviously, number one, keep everyone healthy, which, you know, knock on wood so far, so good. Um, and then number two, probably just trying to figure out what the rotations are going to be. And conceivably, you can do that against anybody, even if you're playing a non-NBA side or playing a team more than once, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I I don't mind see playing the Cavs because the Cavs bring us problems. I mean, both New Orleans and Cleveland are pretty good teams to go up against. Both have youth on their side technically still both have a lot of talent both should be playoff teams so i i don't mind that like i want to see zion against paolo and zion against jonathan isaac like i want to see that i don't know if he's rested or, or being rested for that game but i mean he's been practicing and doing dunks like crazy so i'm assuming zion's gonna play um like how's brandon ingram gonna fare against our wing defenders like is ingram still kind of down after the bad team USA experience and with Cleveland, like I want to see how our backcourt does against Cleveland's backcourt, you know, if Garland Donovan Mitchell, JB Bickerstaff is under a ton of pressure. Supposedly he revamped the offense because he had no choice, but to revamp the offense. Cause it looked awful in the playoffs. They don't have Ricky Rubio. Jared Allen is out with a bone bruise. So now they're leaning on Evan Mobley to just make this, this jump. Like, can he become, like a Tim Duncan offensively reliable guy. Like, I mean, or, you know, based off of age and, and years served in the league anyway, but like we know Evan Mobley's a good defender, but now Cleveland's lacking depth at the big man position and they're, they're relying on Evan Mobley. Like the whole league's been talking about Evan Mobley a lot more than Franz Wagner. And he's got to live up to the hype or the Cavs are going to take a step back from, from fourth seed as they were last season in the East. Um, I, I guess the good thing about this, this ex exhibition schedule as opposed to like back in the day when it was like eight or seven or six, like now that you have basically three and a half games, like you can't ease yourself into these exhibition games. Like you got to really like, I don't know if you watch any other NBA team exhibition games a little bit here and there, like some of them are taking it easy or easing themselves in like the magic can't do that. Yeah. Well, I was surprised. I, I didn't, I'm not going to go back and, and verify with the box score, but I was surprised like in the nationally televised Celtics Philly one, that big name guys were getting a lot of run. Um, and even to a lesser extent, uh, the Utah game last night and stuff where, you know, guys are playing, 20, 24 minutes in the first preseason game. So didn't always used to be like that, but now with everything so condensed, you I mean, you got to ramp up. There's nothing like playing in a game, even training camp. There's nothing like playing in an actual game. And you got to get guys starting to ramp up to that, you know, 30, 36 minute a night kind of threshold sooner than later. Yeah, some teams have, are doing what you said they're playing they're, they're playing their guys like almost regular minutes some aren't so that's gonna be interesting to see how that fares early on um yeah i mean we've got to win that rockets game opening night and then you're immediately heading out west um so i again yeah you, you really got to take advantage of this exhibition game time and when i mean when you got a team this young like 
everybody should be ramped up at the you know by the end of this this next two weeks here. Um, real quick before we actually start talking about the roster, uh, you know the Magic they exercised next season's team options on Paolo Franz and and Suggs. Nothing notable there, like pretty standard news. Uh, any need to talk further on this part, Penny? Okay, not like last year with RJ Hampton, no. Yeah, and for people that were talking about Caleb Houston, Caleb Houston's got a completely different contract. Like, this doesn't apply to him. Um, yeah. All right, I'm just going to go in order based off of the Magic's, how the Magic listed the team roster on players. Unless, did you have any other thoughts about, I don't know, media day, training camp, uh, any exhibition stuff? I mean, with media day, you know, the live stream, it was okay. Like, I thought they'd left a lot of, stuff on the table more they could have done um it's you know i i I said it in the intro but it it media day and even some of these training camp interviews early on it's just talk like everyone's already in is typically already in a good mood like it's just talk you just gotta just play at this point and just gotta mesh and just build up that chemistry on the court because all the guys seem to like each other which that's great can you like each other on the court can you elevate each other on the court um you know, it's been they've been competing a lot more this tr- training camp as opposed to Jamal Mosley's first two training camps. Yeah, I mean, you've been through more of them than I have and, and in person to more of them than I have. But uh, I would imagine that the more that you see, the more cliche it becomes. Uh, it's nice to get some content for the social team and to run on the jumbotron during the game but at the end of the day i think from a player and coach's perspective uh it's it's kind of like first day of school it's nice to see everybody but you're also trying to just get through it and get to the kind of meat and potatoes of uh actual on-court work and and ramping up to the games that matter did i ever get you to a media day i did not do a media day yeah i mean they're they're fun, man, because you get to see all the activities going on that they're doing, like for Jumbotron stuff or just social media content. And that stuff's fun. And, you know, I, I heard I've, you know, I listen to most of the other magic podcasts that exist out there as many as I can. And, you know, for the guys that were covering Media Day, like they talk about buzz and they talk about. And, you know, just the level of energy and stuff. And I would say that happens every, every year. It's just, you haven't experienced it in 12 months. So it's, it's, it's similar buzz. It's similar energy. Yes. The expectations are a little bit higher. You got guys talking a little bit about playoffs, but at the end of it all, you, you just got to do it on the floor. So, all right, let's jump into these guys. So Cole Anthony, um, it's been, it's been a while since it came out, but Eric Pincus on Bleacher Report wrote an article believing that Cole wasn't going to get an extension and could get traded before the season started. Um, he used it like an anonymous agent for a quote. Usually it's these type of pieces or articles are not relevant, but Eric Pincus isn't someone to just throw something out there. If he doesn't believe it himself, like Eric Pincus is pretty highly regarded as a, as a good media guy and a guy that kind of knows his stuff, but um this news doesn't surprise me. I, I think at the end of it all, Anthony Black was selected to replace Cole Anthony with the front office knowing that money or role were going to be the issues at hand for Cole. I don't expect Cole to sign an extension. It's going to be interesting to see if Cole is playing on the ball in his minutes 
on the floor in exhibition play or if he's going to play more of a off the ball, small ball shooting guard type of role. But um, look, Cole is very, very valuable almost off the court as much as on the court. But if he sees if 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 he's not happy about the money offer he's getting or if he thinks he can be a starter somewhere else, then we're not going to be able to hold on to him. And it's going to suck. It's going to be painful if that happens. Um, cause I mean, Cole, he's, it's tough to, to get locker room guys like Cole, you know, you need, you need an, a hype man or two like Cole. Like there's few guys that are better hype man than, than Cole Anthony is. And he's a good basketball player. You know, if he ever became an average defender, he could potentially be a starter in this league. Um, and I mean, that three point shot, it's, it's getting better. It's getting more consistent. If that goes up another notch or two, he could be a starter in this league. Like I, he shouldn't put a ceiling on what he can be. It's just the Magic have a bunch of bodies on this team and in that backcourt, and a consolidation is going to have to happen. And unfortunately, Cole might be the guy on the way out. Um, I don't know. What are your viewpoints on any of that stuff with Cole Penny? Yeah, well, I mean, with regard to the reports, I think part of it too is just uh, calling it like you see it. There's a clear logjam in the backcourt now and, you know, spending a draft pick on Anthony Black only adds to that. So that's just trying to make sense of the situation. I think we've talked at length. I've compared Cole Anthony over the years to a Trey Burke. I'm willing to say now that I think he's uh, better than Trey Burke, Trey Burke plus maybe, um, you're looking at contracts around the league. Uh, hell, even Peyton Pritchard just got $30 million over four, which is a pittance like Cole's going to get way more than that. Cole's looking for double that, let's be honest. Yeah. Cole, at least double that, if not more. Like he He's looking because, I mean, that, that puts you at 15 if you double it, and he's looking yeah. for more than 15. I, I think at the end of the day, more than money, I think it comes down to role. Uh, is he willing to accept a six-man role. I don't think that him as a starter makes the most sense for the makeup of this team or even his skill set. So I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to role and opportunity and what he kind of envisions for himself and his NBA career. Um, And even, I guess, at this young age, how much he values uh, what the organization's been building and the kind of role and responsibility that he has here. Um, and the relationships and, and connections, you know. So um, I don't, I don't think anything will get done uh, until the summer. I think it'll, it'll probably be a go out and get, you know, like the JJ Reddick situation. You go out, you get a deal, and then we'll make a decision on it. Um, I'd be surprised if anything different happened other than that. Who gave Reddick the big money offer? Was it Chicago? Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody was surprised we actually matched it, but it was, uh, yeah. Who who knew from there on how how good he would get, especially with the Clippers at the time. But it was, uh, I appreciated the match. I was still just, I was pleasantly surprised we actually matched that Bulls offer. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't expect Cole to get an extension. Uh, it's prove it, or maybe the Magic are eyeing a potential trade candidate you know and in that situation cole's expiring money and he's a talented guy and you know he he might be one of those guys that gets thrown into a trade like that so all right paolo bancaro i don't have much for paolo because 
we know how awesome he is. You know, the big thing with him coming into training camp was his hand and thumb from FIBA World Cup action. Um, it doesn't look like there's any swelling on that thumb or hand. I haven't seen it wrapped up maybe in these games that we're playing in preseason. Maybe it will be. I hope it's not, which would definitely indicate that, you know, there's no issues with that hand. Um, you know, he needed like even even like a few weeks after the World Cup. I, I can't remember where I saw the photo. He, I think he had made it to Orlando for to practice with the guys or whatever. And his hand, his right hand was still still swollen like a couple weeks ago. And the fact that now it's not is is good and encouraging. And you know that was the one concern with him because he could not shoot jump shots with that hand issue uh, once it happened during the World Cup. So. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if we see any small ball Palo center action with him. And, you know, if we do, what does that do to Wendell's minutes? Or is that situation where you see Palo play small ball center when Wendell's out hurt, rested, whatever. Um, but I don't have a much, I don't have much here listed for Palo because again, he's, he's our go-to guy at the moment. He's the star. He had the most by far sought after media day attention for obvious reasons and he's the rookie of the year and he's got a chance to be an all-star if the magic are in a playoff position come January, February. Uh, what do you got for Paolo, man? You, you looking for anything specific from him in preseason? Because last year he started a preseason off slow and that got some magic fans nervous. It didn't get me nervous, but it got some magic fans nervous last year, how slow he got off to, to, to preseason last year. Yeah, I mean, again, we talk about summer league and preseason and not putting a ton of stock into it from, well, at least from my side, and I think a little bit from your side too, um, except for Franz when we kind of freaked out like a couple summer leagues ago. But Paolo-wise, obviously he he's the alpha. Um, I think the biggest thing that you're looking for, you know, he played 72 games last year, conceivably probably probably could have paid, played a couple more, um, you know, held out at the end there. Good so you that, that consistency of health again. Uh, and from my perspective, it'd be nice to see the numbers incrementally go up across the board a little bit, but I wouldn't be surprised. And I'd also be content with uh, the numbers coming in flat compared to last year. But, you know, as we talk about the efficiency kind of ramping up a little bit and achieving those numbers in a, in a little bit more efficient way. Yeah. Look, people, we're kind of throwing out empty like efficiency issues with him. I mean, look, he had the bad three point shooting February because he was dealing with a stinger for the entire month. And I'm going to believe a guy when he says that they had a stinger for an entire month. So um, if you take that February out, like he shot pretty damn efficiently. And even in general for a rookie, he shot it still well, even if you factor everything all together. Like he had statistically arguably the best rookie season since LeBron James. Like you have to go back 20 years to find comparable numbers to what Paolo did. And it's it's gonna be interesting to see now because you got Victor Wimbanyama getting all this hype as a rookie. And it's like you had this last season with Paolo and you did nothing with it from a national media perspective. And it's going to be interesting to see how when Benyama gets covered, if he doesn't come anywhere near close to what Paolo did um, in his rookie season, not, it's not Victor's fault. I mean, he's just getting hyped out the ass, but um, you know, Paolo is still 20 years old. He doesn't turn 21 until November. I think, I mean, 
just with this team overall being better roster wise, experience wise, Paolo is his his efficiency should go up. I want to see his rebounding go up. I think you know that this is where. I mean, six point nine wasn't bad as a rookie. I'd like to see it go go up to like eight this season and hover around there for his career. Because when you're a guy that size and you're playing, you know, the three and the four, like you you can grab eight rebounds. I, I know you, I know he can. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Any other Paolo thoughts before I go on to the next guy? I I think we're good there, and we're hoping for the best. Yeah, I yeah, I think we'll we'll see it, and I think we'll get it. So, all right, Goga Bataze. So Goga might have been the best live stream idi- interview from Media Day. Like Goga is very good at upselling himself. Uh, basically said that he'll do whatever Mosley wants him to do. In the live stream, it kind of sounded like he's not expecting on on playing, or he wasn't planning on playing every night at the moment, which is in line with my line of thinking where Mo is the backup center and Goga's third string. But maybe I look too much into it. You know, I with Goga, he had a really, really good FIBA World Cup with Georgia. He had an awesome World Cup with Georgia. You know, he racked up double-doubles. He won some player awards. So did Mo Wagner for Germany um, with the player awards. But, you know, Mo's making more money than Goga, and I think Mo Mo's skill set as a whole is big is better than Goga's but Goga brings a skill set that Mo doesn't have and if you need a guy to bang with somebody you're gonna more likely go to Goga than you would with Mo Mo's more of an offensive guy Mo's a little bit more finesse like though I would argue Mo sets better screens overall than Goga although both guys set pretty good screens um Goga's a better rebounder Goga can block more shots usually um it could be kind of like a almost like a utility type bullpen pitching type thing where it's like depending on the situation, like Mo's gonna be the backup center and then or other nights Goga's gonna be the backup center. But I think overall, I think Mo's gonna get the nod over over Goga. But uh I can see a situation where like in December or January, where like the Boston Celtics offer us like a protected first round pick to to get Goga because <laughs> There's teams out there, there's playoff contending teams, there's title contending teams that are thin at big men. And Goga's a pretty damn good third string center to have at this point. Like he went from just completely decimated confidence wise at Indiana to he had a hell of a, a pretty solid run to the end last season with the Magic to his confidence is pretty sky high coming out of the FIBA World Cup. And we'll see. Like we've got. It's going to be interesting seeing preseason, both minute-wise and production-wise, how things go. Uh, Goga thoughts, Benny? Yeah. I think we talked about earlier in the summer. I wouldn't be surprised to see a bullpen situation. I'm anticipating him being slotted in as the third center. Um, Or Goga and Mo could play together. Like, if Isaac gets hurt, like, they could play together. Like, we can't rule that out. Yeah, I'm going to rule it out because I think there's there's other options to go smaller in a different way. If you're talking about sliding Paolo around, et cetera, we're if we're if we're truly playing for the playoffs this season, which is another question uh, to ask later on, um, you're trying to maximize the, you know, the amount of time on the floor that can be played by your best players. I don't know that Goga cracks the top 10, um, even with an injury or two. I'm surprised you think he might, he might fetch a, 
uh, a protected first round value at some point by anybody. Uh, that'd be quite a reclamation project in less than a year to flip him from, uh, you know, cut picked up off waivers essentially to draft capital, which would be nice. Um, Mo has be like a, it'd be like a top 25 protected first that turns into like two seconds is, is okay. what I would, is what I would probably say. Still, still valuable. Um, I think Mo has flaws. I think Goga has more flaws than Mo. Um, but he proved to be serviceable in some areas last year. Um, and I think that his role will be uh, probably a little bit diminished from, from what he did in the second half of last year's work. Hopefully, uh, you know, we've shuffled the ro- roster a bit. We've improved the roster a bit. And we're, uh, we have slightly higher goals this year than we did last year, we'll say. Oh, that very true. All right, Anthony Black, um, one of our two rooks. So it's going to be fascinating to see how Anthony Black gets on the floor without injuries or guys being rested. Like, um, there's a thought we might see him more as like a wing small forward than as a point guard, which I think that's a mistake in my eyes. If, if he can't hit three pointers and I mean, that this guy does his best work on the ball. Like, I don't know how you're going to pull that off with him being, unless he's like a point forward, then maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean it's, it's going to be interesting to see with a B because it's, you know, I didn't want to draft him. Uh, you know, it, I'm still surprised nobody tried to trade up or trade with us to get him. Um, and I, he could be really good. I just don't know how you play him without getting rid of a guy or two on the team at the moment. Uh, or if guys, I mean, we could get decimated by injury because that's what's happened the last three years is we've been decimated by injury. You know, until late last season when the Heat surpassed us, like. For basically three years, we led the league in most games missed due to injury or COVID, and so, um, yeah, it was. Uh, it's it, it's going to be interesting to see how this preseason plays out for Anthony Black. Uh, if did you listen to Orlando Magic Pod Squad episode that came out recently, Penny? I, I haven't yet. It's on the to do list. So which help for this recording. No, nah, it's okay. Because uh, uh, and this is for every fan in general, every Magic fan. Like you listen to that podcast because David, Jeff, uh, George, Dante, Joel Glass on the few occasions he's on there. Like they're in those practices. They're seeing everything way more than any of the media guy, any of the outside media guys do. Like. They are watching these guys all the time. They know everything that's going on in training camp and practices, et cetera. So when David Steele threw out the story of how there was an instance early on in training camp where Anthony Black could not get the ball across half court because Jalen Suggs was hounding the living shit out of him. And Mose had to literally tell the teammate, you know, tell Black's teammates that were on the floor that they had to help him out get out of the backcourt you're he he's not throwing david seal's not throwing that story out just for the hell of it now i don't think anthony black is reese Gaines. i just think jalen suggs was super freaking motivated and is super motivated to be a starter we'll get to him in a bit but um with black and with jed howard the talk and the expectations for the past few weeks have been lowered significantly from where we were coming out of draft night i think both are going to be slowly 
slowly, slowly brought in and rolled out minutes wise. Now preseason's different, especially against the Flamingo game. Like I want to see Black and and Howard play like forty minutes in the Flamingo game, but um, like there's no minutes to be handed out for free. Like though th- th- that time is long gone now at the moment. You have to earn your minutes, and if you don't earn your minutes, you're not going to get out there. It doesn't matter if you're the sixth pick or the sixtieth pick. Like it's not happening now. And so I think the expectations have been laid out that we're not going to see black or even jet Howard in the rotation when the season starts, unless there's injuries that happen. But, um, you know, with black, if you had to ask me, which of the two guys between black and jet Howard is going to have a more successful career, I think it's going to be Anthony black, but, um, I don't think black is a good fit for this magic team at the moment. And especially if they're planning on playing him some small forward, because that's the only you know potential area where Black could get minutes right now at this moment, um, because both guard positions are pretty full uh, minutes wise at the moment. And so um, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out the first couple months of the season. I don't know what's your what's your Black uh, thoughts. Yeah, I again we we make for a very entertaining uh podcast when there's so much similarity but it's it's an interesting dynamic in that the Magic just had, you know, a two lottery pick draft experience and I would say that there's no real expectation on either one of them. Um we've gotten to a point where we've we've hit on some of the previous years guys and also um, you know, if you're talking about slotting black into a backup small forward role, I don't think he usurps Joe Ingles, who a healthy Joe Ingles. Um, so I just don't see where there's a, a direct path to minutes specifically for black, but also for both of the rookies, which is a good thing. Um, and also, you know, if it's supposed to be a, a you know, meritocratic thing, like, the the competition which is what we're the buzzword from training camp uh supposedly can only be a good thing where your performance is earning you minutes on the floor which is the way that it should be for a good team uh you know an improving team working its way to be a good team all right window carter jr uh he looks stronger than ever uh body wise you know the big thing with him this offseason was is he was he going to be able to get rid of his plantar fasciitis problem? And we're not going to know that till early, you know, till this till the games get played. But um, he's still massively underrated around the league. Like seeing all these top fifteen center lists out there, and Wendell's not on them. And I think he's a top fifteen center. But you think uh, he's a top ten center? We we need to have we need to do the the listing out thing one one day. Um, I wouldn't give it to him just because of the durability issue, but like on, on a night when he's normally healthy, uh, I think he can be a top 10 center. Um, I think he is a top 10 center when he's healthy, but factoring in the durability thing that he's most likely missing like around 20 games, I, I got to take him down a few notches. Um, I don't know. What's your thoughts? It's an intro. Yeah. Uh, durability availability has to factor into it. Um, but certainly the impact that he has on the team is, is probably as high as anyone else on the team, including Paolo. 
um, his ability to, to get it done, all, you know, in the paint and from the perimeter. Uh, and obviously the, the defensive impact is massive. So, yeah, uh, we kind of pencil him in for about 60 games a year. It'd be nice to bump that up to 70 this year. But uh, beyond that, continuing to kind of improve that that three-point threat so that the pump fake remains a viable option for him um, and seeing how he continues to mesh with Franz and Paolo as the front court of the future will be uh, an interesting thing to to watch this year. Yeah, I value Wendell immensely. Like he's, I think him and Foltz are technically the two leaders of the team, really. Like I know people look at Cole because he's vocal, but like it's it's Wendell and Foltz at the moment that are the definitively like the two leaders in the in the locker room and of the team at the moment. Uh, you could put Wendell one at the moment, uh, potentially as Fultz kind of finds more of his voice, but, um, yeah, if, if he's, if he can get to 70 games, like we're, we're looking pretty good. Um, and just for his long-term career prospects like that, that's pretty great for him. I think he fired, you know, he fired his agent. Uh, he's, he he's on a really really cheap contract, and he's the whole league knows he's on a hell of a contract. Whether fans and and media, national media know, but the whole league itself actually knows that Wendell Carter Jr. is really good, and he's on a really really good team friendly contract at the moment. Um, yeah, I I'm excited to see how what Wendell can bring and what how his his growth will will uh, will show on the floor this season. Speaking of Fultz, let's talk Markel Fultz. So. Uh, the haircut looks good. Uh, he also physically looks very strong. Jumper looks good in practices. Uh, can it translate to real games? You know, he is a contender now for an extension. Um, I mean, if he's hitting threes with any level of consistency, that payday is going to be really, really nice. It's going to be more than any rumored extension offers maybe that exist right now, because like, I can't come up with like seven point guards that are better than Fultz if if he's hitting threes. Like I can't like again, like I value Wendell really highly as a center. I really, really value Fultz as a point guard and what he can be or what he has been when he's healthy, what he is gonna be and continue to be as he improves as yeah, as he just continues to just rack up the games as lead magic starting point guard. Um from a extension perspective, I really would like to to lock him up, but I mean, based off of kind of what Fultz has been saying, it sounds like we're not going the extension route with him either. Like it sounds almost like it's going to be played out just money-wise, it might make more sense if they just wait till the summer and, and do this and do the free agency signing. So, um, I mean, if I could give him like a 4-year, 100 million dollar extension net with some injury stipulations in it, like I would do that now, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen, um, but I, I wouldn't be concerned if I'm a Magic fan. Like The loyalty on both ends seems to be pretty strong at the moment. And as long as Fultz can stay healthy, as long as he can continue to improve, I mean, if Fultz is improving and if he's hitting threes, like we're a playoff team. Like it, It's or at minimum a play-in team, but considering all the other stuff that could improve and could get better, um, yeah, we're, we're a playoff team. So... Um, yeah. What are your Fultz thoughts, Benny? Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the lingering question from the last 
three plus years is how far can the can the range get developed and with what consistency um the other skills are so immense uh, but they'd be completely un unlocked with the gravity and the respect of having to play up on him, having to, uh, you know, go over the screen instead of under the screen. And then obviously the the impact that would have on everyone else on the floor to be able to unlock those talents even more. So um, we've seen videos, we've seen the uh, the most recent <laughs> 90 second uh hype video from the from the summer training sessions and stuff so um it'll be interesting to see again i don't think there's any there's any way to project it, it it's going to be can can he get it going can he keep it going um and also kind of unfair to him is let's say he starts the season uh shooting 38% from deep which is not bad at all um does that impact the way that defenses play him? Probably not until there's a real sustained output. So um, the the number is going to be interesting. Obviously, the cap stuff is coming up, uh, you know, and there's changes to the CBA that have been implemented this past year. Um, how good does Fultz have to be to stay based on what we now have behind him and the focus that we have on the wing guys Let's say that he plateaus and this is what you're going to get from him. Would you still offer him another contract to be starting point guard or backup point guard? Let's just say another three years, 60 million. Oh, man. I mean, if this if this is I, I don't think he's plateauing, but if it is plateauing, that's that's a tough question. And. It also then depends on how much does the team really love Anthony Black. But, um, yeah, I mean, I would still do it uh, just because then. Is that a loyalty thing and a personal thing? More no, so than I think he's just, I better... think he's good. He's still good with what he's got now. Like, I know people say you, you like you're severely limited if you don't hit threes. But, like, he does so much good stuff now that, like, it's. I would still do that, but. I could see why people would be like, no, not happening. So, um, yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on Fultz before we get on to the next guy? I, I think that's just going to be the biggest thing is let's, let's say that there's a minimal improvement. Is he the guy into the future, despite his limitations that even more so than Cole, that might be the biggest question the magic have to answer this year. All right. Next we got Gary Harris. Gary is 29 years old. Still hasn't hit his 30s yet, but he's the second oldest guy on our team. Uh, at media day, Gary mentioned how he knew coaches were going to be tougher on 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 the team as a whole, and it's played out that way in training camp. He's going to be a free agent next summer. It's going to be interesting to see a few things here. One, is he starting at shooting guard opening night? Two, is he going to be linked to contenders as a trade target? Um, because Gary is really freaking good. He's shooting he's a 40 plus percent three-point shooter on over four attempts a game uh or four makes a game and you know is yeah i mean i i wouldn't mind if he's starting opening night i just think it's gonna be Suggs starting um now 
is he going to mind coming off the bench when we're not even a playoff team yet at the moment? Now, for winning, I don't think it's, he's going to mind. And I mean, if Gary really was having a bad time here, he would have left by now, I feel like. And money helps, obviously, but um, I, th- I think Gary likes being here in Orlando. And he's he's one of our only two vets that we have on the team. It's him and Joe Ingles. That's it. And we need Gary. Gary's is, is a great two-way guy. Like, and he can start if you need him to start, but if, you know, I'd like to see Suggs be starter opening night. It, I won't complain if, if it's Gary, uh, but what are your Gary thoughts, I guess, going into this preseason? Yeah, well, let's start with a couple of negatives first. Uh, we have to admit that we totally oversold and overhyped Gary Harris's season la- going into the <laughs> season last year, uh, his anticipated uh, output. Um, not to his fault, but, you know, I feel bad for Gary that he had to just watch the, you know, Denver Nuggets title run, too. I feel like that probably does something to your psyche a little bit one way he or the other. He went to like a game or two, too. Yeah. Uh, like still connected, but not quite part of it. So, uh, look, I, he's a solid player by all accounts. I think the magic have done right by him since acquiring him. Um, at least everything, you know, outwardly that we're aware of obviously paid him. Um, so I, my expectation is that he will be the starting shooting guard on opening night. The other expectation is that you're hoping that Jalen Suggs will take that job over the course of the season. That's if everything is trending correctly. Um, but that being said, I, I expect Gary to, to be solid. I expect 40 plus percent three point shooting again. Um, and, you know, expect him to start uh, be the starting two guard for at the beginning of the season and then slot into some role where he's uh, contributing off the bench again, hopefully as we're, in contention for the entirety of the year and, and working towards a playoff spot. Fair enough. Caleb Houston. Uh, Caleb, can you stay in front of guys like Jed Howard, Chuma, OKK, and Anthony Black for minutes? Like, that's that's the question with Caleb. And, you know, this is where being a second rounder does put you at a disadvantage because all things equal, like the first round talent's going to win a tiebreaker against a guy like Caleb. And, this is a big preseason for Caleb. If he's defending and shooting well, he makes Chuma extra expendable at that point. And <laughs> not to say that Caleb's going to be a rotation guy because I, it's tough to see him get in the rotation, but, um, you know, him just solidifying his future, his spot is, is what Caleb needs to do right now. I mean, he's really young. He's good. He, you know, he's going to be a great insurance guy to have if injuries, you know, start showing up again. Um, and I think we're we're going to see a lot of good things out of Caleb here over the next year or two. Um, but just out of the gate here, it's it's just tough to see him get minutes. And it he'll, you know, I I think he can play himself into minutes, but he's not going to get him out of the gate. And it's just going to be interesting to see how that how that weighs on him. Um, what are your thoughts, Penny on Caleb? Yeah. The eye test, I think did him more favors than the actual numbers from last year. And obviously he had sporadic minutes and, and, you know, stretches of games playing and stretches sitting on the bench, but 
you're looking at effort, you're looking at movement without the ball, you're looking at shooting as his three things that he's providing, you know, his skill set, what he's bringing to the table. And then you go back and you realize he shot less than 34% from three last year still. Um, again, a byproduct of the opportunities afforded to him. I don't see that changing this year. I don't think that you can put him in, let's say, the top 11 of the roster, um, certainly not the top nine. So um, his opportunities will have to come via injury or slump. Um, So it's hard to see him, again, kind of improving on last year just by virtue of the fact that he's kind of boxed out just based on who the team has brought in over the last couple of years. And again, this summer, even, even jet Howard is probably the the biggest blocker to him now with, in terms of that first round pick investment that you're talking about. So I have him ahead of Chuma, uh, but I don't have him in the rotation and I would expect kind of a, a run it back year for him. And then he's fighting for, uh, both a spot on this roster and also a spot in the league, I think, moving forward to to probably no fault of him, I would say. Yeah, we'll see. Well, let's talk about the other Michigan, another Michigan guy then, because Jed Howard, can he stay on the floor defensively? Because even if he's shooting fine, that may not be enough. Like his defense has to be better than what I've seen so far. Um, I wasn't a fan of uh, some of his uh, media day stuff. Um just his personality, just I, it does it. I, I I don't vibe with it that well. Uh, we'll see how Jet fits in because people think he's going to replace Terrence Ross out of the gate, and folks need to just pump the brakes on that. And also, T. Ross didn't play defense, and when he was slumping, T. Ross was a negative player on the floor. And my fear with this pick is that's what Jet Howard's going to end up being. And it, it, you know, both with Anthony Black and Jet, like we drafted tall guys at their positions. You know, everybody thinks Jed Howard is a shooting guard. I I think he's more closer to power forward than a shooting guard. He, he's really a small forward because he's not strong enough to be a power forward, and I don't think he's quick enough to be a shooting guard. But um, I think by default, Jet probably gets the minutes over, like, say, Caleb. But, again, I don't know how you fit Jet Howard into this rotation because if Isaac's healthy, if Joe Ingles is healthy – like that's your power forward and small forward right there. And so then how do you get on the floor? And Jet's not playing shooting guard because that's where Gary Harris is. So um yeah, I mean I have to see how I have to see I mean this is a big preseason for Jet Howard as well because he people think he was a reach at where we picked him. I think he was a reach at where we picked him. Um I don't even think he was the best Michigan option on the, on the table at the moment. Like I thought Kobe Bufkin would have been the guy if you were going that route. So Jet's got a lot to prove and it, I, you know, in some ways it, it helps that when you've been part of the NBA and in the NBA for so long through your family, in this case his dad, Juwan, so that you've seen hundreds upon hundreds of NBA players growing up, and I'm sure he's learned and seen how they deal with adversity, how we how they they deal with not playing on the floor much early on. You know, what type of work ethic work ethic does Jet Howard have? And you know, again, can can he stay on the floor is the big thing with him. So we'll, we'll see. Um, 
you know, who knows, you know, Mosley could just surprise the hell out of me and, and you know, Jed Howard will get 20 minutes a night out of the gate, but I, I just don't see it right now. And it's going to be interesting to see how it goes with him. All right. What are your Jed Howard thoughts, Manny? Yeah. Just real quickly to put a bow on it. I, I think again, it comes down to, well, not even, I was going to say, it kind of comes down to what do you expect Mosley to do in terms of a playing rotation? You can't play 11. You, you could play 10. Uh, I'm a 10 man rotation guy in in today's NBA. I'll give you 10, but I was going to say, you know, typically you're playing nine uh, predominant minutes and then spot. So 10, I don't think jet jet Howard is certainly not in the top 10. I think it's between him and Anthony black as like an 11th or 12th man. So you're saying there's just no regular minutes available to him. Um, I again not not impressed, but my evaluation skills have been lacking the last couple of years. So take that for what it is. Um, is he going to be able to do anything else well enough, presumably to stay on the floor to provide shooting and spacing the floor? That that's the question that I think has to be answered. And this is where I think Caleb Houston's a better player. I mean, well, both because he's played a you know he he's got NBA experience as Caleb now, but. Like Caleb plays defense. And so, you know, yeah, Jed Howard can get his own three point shot and, you know, he can do some pretty fancy dribbling to get himself open. But, you know, again, if, if he's putting up 15 points on one end, but giving up like 22 on the other end, getting torched, like that's not very valuable to me. So, um, yeah, we'll see how that plays out. So, all right, Joe Ingles. So Joe Ingles is, had his 36th birthday on media day. He was, Arguably the star of media day. Um, everybody's saying him happy birthday. He made people sing him happy birthday, which is funny. Um, and it's nice to see how everybody kind of fell in love with him. Uh, kind of like how I've admired Joe Ingles since he was playing in Euroleague and just the past decade in the NBA. Like this guy's awesome. He he's he's a great guy to have on your team. You're probably annoyed to face him if you're an opponent because he will shit talk you to death. Um but it's nice to see just magic media, magic players, just magic coaching staff, like everybody, magic front office guys, everybody just loves Joe Ingles. And he's really going to raise the team bonding. Uh, and I think he's going to play more minutes than people realize. Like, I I think he could be getting 20 minutes a night, uh, you know, depend, you know, if he can stay healthy. But um, you won't, you don't need him to, but I think he could be that good especially now that he is definitively healthy now, whereas he wasn't last season with the bucks, he was still healing from the knee surgery. And so he, um, I thought he played pretty good at the FIBA world cup actually for Australia. The problem with his, his time with Australia was his coach was terrible and didn't give him the ball. Like Joe Ingles made that Australian second unit really good when he had the ball in his hands and was dictating tempo he was feeding everybody and he it, he's going to do just so many good things on the floor just as a guy who spreads the floor like if he's hitting 38 40% from 3 like everybody's going to be wide ass open if he's on the floor and so um yeah i i'm excited and i can't wait to see some nifty passes and if the season plays out, like I think it's going to play out, like I may end up buying a Joe Ingles jersey. So um, I, I'm a Joe guy. and You're, uh, you're accumulating a lot of jerseys lately. I, well, I, I Not trying to. Yes, he's 36. 
he played just about 23 minutes a game last year for a title contending team coming off an injury. I'm anticipating him being somewhere in that 15, 16 minute a night, uh, you know, taking the burden off of Cole Anthony as a, you know, secondary playmaker uh, on that second unit, uh, depending on how the rotations go with, if you're staggering Franz and Paolo being able to, you know, alleviate some of that creation burden and at least keeping the ball moving. That's what I'm most excited to see. Um, the hope again, really just is that he stays healthy, but I, anyone that doesn't see him as you know the the primary backup small forward i i just don't understand it it's interesting you bring up the milwaukee thing i didn't realize he averaged 23 i mean milwaukee leaned on joe more than the magic are going to lean on joe and i think that's going to benefit joe just for longevity legs stamina wise like you know if 16 minutes a night's fine you're playing eight minutes in the first half and eight minutes in the second half and he can do some awesome things in that span. And I mean, late game situation, you're going to have him on the floor because you have to guard him from hitting three, you know, right in your eye. So, um, yeah, I, I, I just want him to stay healthy and I want to see him. I want to see what he can do with his magic team, because I, again, as you said, like people that don't have him slotted in as like the backup small forward, they are not paying close enough attention. So, yeah. All right. Let's have the Jonathan Isaac talk. Uh, so right. J.I. is healthy at the moment. Knock on every piece of wood that's anywhere near you. But J.I. is healthy right now. He uh, he looks great in the practice footage. Like he's had some really athletic dunks, like stuff that I haven't seen him do since, you know, since 2019, basically. Like he's been playing and practicing with teammates for almost two months now at this point. So, you know, we're we're already leaning on Isaac to be our rim protection off the bench, but because and bringing back both Mo and Goga, like we didn't try to, you know, quote unquote upgrade at the center position. And so you're leaning on JI to be kind of your rim protection. If Isaac plays 55 games, we're, we're definitely a play in lock. If not, maybe a playoff team lock, like you, like that six seed is ours. If, if, if Isaac's playing 55 or more games, but it's a gigantic if like, he alone can take us from 34 to 40 plus wins with his defense. Like he's that freaking good. He is a walking defensive player of the year guy if he's healthy and he hasn't been healthy in four years, but if he's healthy, everything just changes with the outlook of this team. Um, And if he's not healthy, Waltman has a big decision to make by, by January with that contract, you know, do you wave him? Do you trade it? Cause you know, that's a lot of money that's tied up with Isaac if if he gets hurt again for a long stretch of time. And especially if it's like a any type of leg knee injury type thing. Um yeah, uh, what what's your Isaac thoughts, Penny? And do you think Isaac's gonna be on any type of minutes restriction in preseason? Because I I think by default he'll get 15 minutes anyway. They may not even call it a minute restriction. I think it'll just be like 15, 16 minutes, but I mean, I no one said anything about a restriction at this point. Yeah, I don't think they'll publicize anything, but I think he'll be on the hook, uh, even though they're not going to put it out there into the public. Um, the shitty thing about it is that in his 10, 11 games last year, he showed you a lot, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, he, he, he impacted the game, and there's no denying that. Uh, he is a gigantic man. 
Yeah, he's uh, not six eleven. He's listed at six ten still. That motherfucker's yeah. like seven one at this point. Yeah, uh, big, long, could just obviously could just be a terror defensively, and and is passable enough offensively to to really contribute. So it just sucks. I would say from top to bottom, and you can get into the all all of the other stuff that you want to with him. Um, if he's healthy, he can help the team. You cannot rely on it. You can't put any faith in it. You can't. I don't. I don't see. It's almost like the Grant Hill situation. You can't plan for it. Yeah. Uh, that's like you know. It's not even a contingency plan situation. And I don't see how that being unsettled doesn't, in a way, hurt the team. Um. So it, it's just a shitty situation for him for the team. Uh. Maybe everything's behind him now. Uh, that'd be nice. Uh, the second that we lean into that is the second that something else breaks. So, yeah. uh, you know, that, I think that's pretty much it. All right. Chumo KK. Uh, no. in, what's that? No. <laughs> in my eyes, it's not great that Chuma didn't look at the schedule going into media day. Uh, out of the non-rotation guys and rookies, Chuma more than anyone has to impress this preseason is my viewpoint. Or he's not getting another NBA contract anytime soon. Like seriously, like I hope his agent has like a Euro League team lined up for him or something. Uh, because I'm not ruling out the magic cutting him before the season tips off if he's not looking good. Like he's the 15th man on the roster right now. If Kevon Harris is kicking ass or Admiral Schofield's kicking ass, like I'd rather give them the 15th spot than Chuma if if Chuma just can't get it together and. A lot of it, it's just his confidence has just been damaged by overall by just the injury issues and stuff. Um, and he, you know, we were calling him, you know, people were calling him baby Kawhi Leonard like not that long ago. And, you know, if his three's not dropping, if his defense isn't, isn't where, where it was before, it, it's, it's tough to justify keeping him around. Um, that's all I got on Chuma Penny. I don't know if you got any more. Yeah, I mean, by by all accounts, he's regressed. Obviously, last year was probably the worst of his three year career across the board. I mean, Caleb uh, took his minutes. Like, yeah, other other people have surpassed him. I think the investment for new rookies is bigger. You know, the the emphasis on their development has now surpassed his. Um, I don't think he's not going to make the team out of training camp or anything, but uh, there's just nothing there anymore, which is sad because. He he was almost kind of like that perfect fifth guy on the Clifford team. Blue guy. You know, like that, yeah. that probably could have been his ceiling. Um, and it just kind of all fizzled out. Yeah. No, he had he had that glue guy, you know, man. And yeah, I mean, he, he played his best ball under Steve Clifford. It just has not panned out with Mosley here at all. Um, it may not have mattered who the coach is, but just it, it just has not worked out for him. And the league looks at him as a five million dollar expiring contract that you can trade for. That that's what it's that's what Chuma is at the moment until he proves otherwise. And you know, and so yeah, we'll see how he does. But all right, Jalen Suggs, he's had a lot of buzz around him. Like Suggs put on noticeable muscle. It's his first healthy offseason finally, and you know his mentality, his life viewpoint seemed to have changed this offseason. We'll see if that helps on the floor, but he's he's matured a lot, is Jalen. And I think the starting shooting guard job is his to lose. And if he's 
hitting threes and still playing elite defense and just showing overall improvement, like Gary's going to come off the bench. Um, but if Suggs hasn't really improved after all this, you know, we're, we're going to have the buddy heel trade talk here in a bit later, but, uh, yeah, it's, you know, this is a top, you know, this is a top five, top six draft pick that you got with Suggs and he, he's got to show it now. He's had the, 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 the off season, the healthy off season. He looks good. He seems to have improved himself in a lot of aspects. Has he done it on the floor, particularly this three point shooting? Um, because defensively he's elite. He, even with the shooting inconsistencies, like he still won us a couple games last season with his offense, you know, Chicago, golden state, like it's there. It, it just needs to all come together. And I'm hoping that, this health, this really long stretch of him being healthy is that kind of key that just unlocks everything. What's your Suggs thoughts? Yeah. I mean, he's tenacious on the defensive end. There's probably going to be a little bit of limitation from, from him on that end, just strictly because of his size. Um, But we saw in spurts what he could do defensively last year. As you mentioned, we saw in spurts what he could do when he was hot offensively, uh, specifically against Golden State and in Chicago with the, you know, the ill-advised uh, shot for the win, which was great. Um, it's going to come down to just like with Folds, it's going to solely come down to the three-point percentage that he can shoot. Made great strides last year. Um, well, two things, right? Durability, uh, availability, and three-point shooting. So same as everyone yeah. on the roster. Um no reason why he can't tick that up closer to 40%. Um, but can he stay healthy with the way that he plays is, is probably the, the other biggest thing. I, and again, as I said earlier, I think, um, yeah, he's, he's playing for the starting shooting guard slot um, and playing for really, you know, his future with the team too, in that regard, no reason he can't attain that. I don't think he'll start with that being given to him, but that should be the goal. Yeah. With Suggs. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I, I, I had a point. I just, I forgot. So I'm just going to move on. <laughs> I'm going to move on to Franz Wagner, but, uh, and we're talking world champ Franz Wagner, who he seems nice and rested since winning gold. I hope him and Mo found a way to get to like Oktoberfest or something, or maybe they just party in Berlin for a bit. I know they went to Ann Arbor, Michigan for for football game and have fun up there. So um I bought Franz the front I bought Franz Wagner Stars throwback jersey. I think that's coming in this week in the mail. Uh so I I'm a big Franz guy. Franz is is probably my favorite magic player on this team at the moment. Like it's it's close between him. Wendell and 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 Fultz like it would be my tight trio at the moment for favorite players on the team with Franz being first but I mean it's it's going to be really important for that bond that Franz has with Paolo to grow like those two the way I view it like those two they each have a key to the car Franz is bright and shotgun as the navigator but he'll drive long distances if the situation calls for it where Paolo can't do it or he has to defer to to somebody and Franz, just like Paolo, he can be an all-star this season. Like it might be, even be a better chance for for Franz than Paolo if Paolo gets kind of the 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 a defensive you know the the a defensive focus, then that opens the door for Franz to go into Scottie Pippen mode and just 
do what he does best. And, you know, that that's be an awesome supporting player who can still score 20 points per game, even in that instance. Um, I don't need to praise him anymore. Like I, I covered him and with the FIBA world cup enough, like it, the, the guy's awesome. And, you know, last season, you know, people thought he got off to kind of like a slumping start, but a lot of that was due to injury. I think he's, he's healthy now at the moment. So, uh, if he can stay healthy, he 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 might get off to a fire start. And there's people that want to label Franz as kind of one of the favorites to win most improved player, which I'm not big on giving most improved player to second or third year players. Like I, I think it should be your fourth year and above you're eligible to win most improved player because th- with Franz, this is just a normal. I don't want to call it normal, but this is just a progressive a progression of him improving, and. You know, if they want to give him an award, cool. But um, that's just my criteria on that. But um, Franz is awesome. I'll just leave it at that. I don't know if you got any Franz thoughts uh, going into this preseason, Penny. Well, I'm glad you got the jersey. Did you get your jacket yet? Is that ready? Yeah. No, I, that I have to pick that up from the store. I believe at the end of the month, I think it's going to okay. be ready. Um, there you go. Yeah, that's the quality that you're waiting for. Um, with regard to Franz, I think again, just incremental improvement across the board i i if he this is in tandem with paolo but if he does not up his scoring to 20 plus along with paolo this year i think that'd be a little bit of a disappointment um i think his his star is kind of finally on the rise across the league deservedly so Mm -hmm. Uh, and look for him to take that momentum from the summer just like he did previously uh you know the the confidence boost rather take that into this season and run with it. Mo Wagner, the other world champ and the last Magic player we'll talk about here. He uh he didn't get interviewed at the at the media day live stream. They just kind of forgot about him at the end there. But uh, Cole, Joe, and Mo are gonna be our shit talkers from hell second unit lineup. Like it, like Cole, yeah, Cole at either point or shooting guard oh no he'd be point joe is going to be the small forward mo at center like those three guys like to talk and those three guys bring energy and mo particularly like if anybody watched the fiber world cup like that's what mo does and it's going to be a fun trio and it's going to be fun to see how they how they mesh that locker room together with their personalities but yeah my mo's the backup center until his play dictates otherwise like people forget that Mo put up quite a few 20 point games last season and he's capable of doing that. Um, health durability is as much of a question for Wendell as it is for Mo. Like when, when Mo is nicked up and not able to go full energy, that's when Goga last season looked better. And so, you know, if yeah, Mo, if Mo can stay healthy and just handle an NBA schedule, like I think he can handle it. Uh, be as the backup big, like he, he's gonna have like a death grip on that backup center position, and I'm excited to see what Mo can do. Um, because it's been just a steady rise in confidence for him ever since he was like a Wizards outcast, basically, and we ended up with him. Like it's it's been a hell of a couple year run for him, and I'm really glad that he got that gold medal for, for from the FIBA World Cup because he missed out on EuroBasket last year, and you could tell it was devastating for him to not be able to play in his home in in, in the Wagner brothers' hometown of of Berlin. So for him to then now this summer get to play with his brother, get to play in front of his family, his parents, 
win gold for Germany for the first time ever in any FIBA world, any, in any FIBA event, like it's awesome. And like you said, like ride the confidence wave, right? Just ride this wave, you know, with Franz and Mo, just ride it because they, they together are, are just huge for this team. And Mo is underrated at this point, uh, with what he is for this team. Um, Mo Wagner viewpoints, Benny. Yep. Again, anticipating him being the primary backup center. Talked a lot about what he gives the team, both on the practice floor in the locker room and as an irritant in that second unit. Anticipating more of the same and and anticipating him living up to the uh, nice little moderate payday that he got over the summer. All right, Coach Jamal Mosley. He seems very settled for for year three. Um, he got extra validation this summer coaching the U S select team in Vegas, and then hit an up team USA in the Philippines. Like we really can't underrate the impact of that on, on Mosley. Now is the tough part though, because you go from 22 to 34 wins last season. That's, that's the easier part. Now can you go from 34 wins into the forties? Um, he's really bonding well with this team and everybody seems to love him. Can that lead to, results on the court can it lead to a playoff spot i hope it does we're gonna find out um but yeah i mean what what are your mosley thoughts penny yeah i mean i think i guess it's fair to say he's surpassed my expectations obviously he's done a great job developing relationships with every player on the roster um now you're taking that that next step where you're making rotation decisions playing time decisions um, is the is the foundation of relationships that he's built strong enough now to uh, let's say be more of an enforcer and a disciplinarian, which you need to be as you kind of raise the expectations across the board. Um, this is not an easy jump to take to go from subpar to middling, just like it's not easy to go from you know average to good. Um, but we'll we'll see how it goes this year. If there's not a, an incremental win improvement, I don't, you know, I think if we don't make the playoffs, he's not in jeopardy. But I think that if we're not uh, in the play-in, I think that the the rumblings probably begin. Yeah, no, you got to beat that 36 and a half over under for sure. Um, which if you do, we're in the play-in if we do that. So, um, all right. Alex Martin says that the Magic currently have the fourth most sold uh, season tickets in the entire NBA going into the season, which... Based on all the new Magic fan season ticket holders I see on social media, that that checks out. So um, I don't want to hear from Alex Martins unless he's it, it's after like a groundbreaking ceremony for the entertainment complex. Um, that's you know that it when, when we're good when we're good. Obviously, we're gonna you know fans are gonna buy in and support the team and get season tickets and stuff. Um, it helps when you have studs like Paolo and Franz. Um, if you look at seat geek or if you look at, at buying tickets, like all this checks out um, as far as just the season ticket holder thing. And it's tougher to get into magic games now, if you want to get into them. Um, so if you want to get tickets for the season, I'd say get them now, because if we're doing fairly well, good, good luck getting into these games. So um, lastly, before I have one other topic uh, after, after this, but uh and it's going to be a buddy healed conversation, but uh, what are your thoughts on high performance director Arnie Kander and him getting a whole lot of mentions at media day and at camp and all the stretches and yoga and kind of 
different mentality that he takes on things. Um, he's just gotten a whole lot of praise in the, in this off season and this, in this uh, first few weeks at camp uh, and media day, he's an actual basketball guy, which helps. So, yeah. you know, we've stopped experimenting with soccer and kind of ski performance folks. Um, he's, he's a basketball guy for multiple decades now. Like he won a ring on those piston teams in the early two thousands. So um, yeah, I, it, it seems to be, I mean, everybody seems to be liking him so far and um, nobody's hurt right now. So knock on wood, it's working right now out of the gate, but uh, any Arnie candor thoughts, Penny? I think it's interesting in the same way that teams with their coaches go from, you know, hard ass to players coach to hard ass. I think we're, we're making that switch back now with our support and performance staff of, innovative now back to kind of traditional um which i think is fine obviously we uh we have the last several years of injury history that we without uh jinxing ourselves it'd be hard to do worse than um he has a lot of respect around the league obviously uh you know part of the championship run with the pistons uh nearly 20 years ago um I think I think also he's one of those guys. He has traditional methods, but he's continuing to evolve and learn and better himself, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. And we'll see how it goes this year. But obviously, no no complaints so far, uh, as we have not yet finished preseason yet. But so far, so good. All right. So next pod episode, we're gonna do our our season predictions. I don't I don't do my season predictions until after the preseason's done. We'll take a look kind of at the magic and compare us to kind of the rest of the East and see what we got to do to get into the playoffs. But uh, la- you know, because there's a lot of movement. I mean, we've had a Dame Lillard trade. We've had Drew Holiday trade. Like we've had a lot going on. So there's a lot of movement in the East. But uh, I want to gauge your interest in Buddy Hield, Penny. Um, he's not signing an extension with Indy. Both the Pacers and Hield seem to want a trade to happen. Buddy turns 31 in December. You know, he started 73 of the 80 games he played last season, 17 points per game, five boards, almost three assists, 46% from the field shooting, 42.5% from three on eight and a half three-point attempts per game. He's like an 82% free throw shooter, just very durable his whole career. Like his whole career is a 40.2% three-point shooter on 7.7 three-point attempts. He's interesting as a $19.3 million expiring contract. Uh, what's your buddy healed interest level, Penny at the moment? Is it low? What, what are we thinking? I, yeah, for me, it's low again, uh, probably in the same vein as the, uh, as the basketball operations staff of trying to evaluate what we have before going out to acquire something that we may have on the roster. Obviously he is very durable. He has uh, a track record of being a great three point shooter, um, but the hope is that we have somebody like that on our roster waiting to emerge still. Um, and I think this season is is part of playing that out before making any uh, big swings in the trade market. Yeah, I don't see the Magic trading Isaac for him. I also don't see us trading Gary I, Gary Harris for him. I think the, 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 the team actually values Gary uh, as a potential kind of long-term guy to have on the team moving forward. Uh, you know, if stuff can't, doesn't work out, with Cole or, uh, you know, if Jalen Suggs isn't looking as good as we need him to look, I have kind of a, a really, a really aggressive trade where you could trade Cole Suggs and Chuma for buddy. Um, I'm not doing this trade, but I'm just saying if the front office is down on Cole and Suggs and is looking to consolidate, that's kind of the option you're looking for at that moment. Um, 
The other thing is the Pacers are competing with us for a playoff spot and they wouldn't want to give us Buddy Heald on a silver platter either. And we'd have to probably give them the Denver 2025 first round pick. And then you still got to sign Buddy Hilton extension. Like, can you know, I, I would go maybe four years, 95 tops at that point. Cause he's a young 31 year old. He, you know, he doesn't have a lot of mileage on those legs, but um, you know, Buddy doesn't have a single game of playoff experience either. And that's why I wouldn't do this trade and why the front office probably wouldn't do this trade, but uh, that's going to do it, Penny. You got any other thoughts before we get out of here? Any any follow-up Buddy Heald stuff? Any stuff you're looking no, forward to? No, let's get rolling season? on the season, man. I'm excited for it. All right, man. Let's do it. That's going to do it for this episode. If you're still listening, we thank you very much for your time. Subscriptions, high ratings, positive comments, all help this podcast rankings immensely. Tweet us any of your questions and feedback. Penny, what's your Twitter handle? At Spencer Strode. No C's, just S's. And I'm at Papa Giorgio MBO. And with that, take care. Let's go magic.